Chapter Eleven of Stories of North Pole Adventure by Frank Mundell. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. American Expeditions. One of the best-known names in the history of Arctic exploration is that of Dr. Alicia Kent Kane though his expedition is usually considered as belonging to the franklin search it more properly comes under consideration in a chapter devoted to the part taken by our american kinsmen in endeavouring to open up a way to the north pole for it was conducted in a region in which there was no possibility of finding any traces of the great navigator and his companions this is proved by the fact that the relics were found nearly a thousand miles to the south of where kane was searching for them on the thirtieth of may eighteen fifty three the expedition sailed from new york in the advance and reached greenland on the first of july after visiting several of the danish settlements kane sailed northward and entered smith sound he was the first man either european or american who had navigated the upper waters of this strait since its discovery by baffin in sixteen sixteen and his experiences were not of a kind to tempt others to follow his route terrible storms were encountered and several times the advance was with difficulty saved from being crushed to pieces by icebergs five times in three days the ship grounded and on one of these occasions she heeled over so abruptly that the crew were thrown out of their berths in one of the numerous inlets of smith sound kane took up his winter quarters and in the ensuing spring he sent out a number of sledge parties to explore to the northward the sufferings of the men during these excursions were terrible in the extreme several died while others suffered the amputation of parts of their feet for frostbite the chief discovery of the expedition was made on the fourth of may eighteen fifty four seven days previously kane left the ship with a sledge party to explore the eastern shore of smith sound after struggling on through snow up to their waists which obliged them to unload the sledges and carry the cargo they reached a most gigantic glacier stretching along the coast in an unbroken line for forty-five miles and varying in height from three hundred to five hundred feet this the largest glacier known to exist kane named after humboldt the great scientist returning to the ship kane sent forward another party to explore the coast north of the great glacier william morton the strongest man in the ship was chosen to lead the enterprise after passing the humboldt glacier he pushed onward over a solid area choked with bergs and frozen fields as he advanced the ice became weaker and the dogs seized with fear refused to advance at length 
the firmer ice was reached and shortly afterwards open water was seen two miles farther up the channel in a perfect fever of excitement he pushed on alone and climbing from rock to rock he at length reached a point from which he gazed on the waters of an open polar sea morton named the point on which he stood cape constitution and then made his way back to the ship the advance had now spent two winters in the ice and the state of affairs on board was appalling every man was stricken with scurvy and the ship was little better than a floating hospital provisions were exhausted and it seemed as if the region from which they had expected fame would at last be their grave kane therefore decided to abandon the ship and make for the nearest greenland settlement the retreat began and for eighty-four days the miserable survivors dragged themselves along till they reached a danish settlement on the west coast of greenland here they found an american man-of-war in which they returned to the states in safety the next american expedition did not set out till eighteen sixty in that year dr hayes sailed from boston in the schooner united states with a crew of fourteen men to continue the exploration of smith sound and prove the existence of an open polar sea the explorers arrived safely at the entrance to the strait but here their troubles begun storms came on and all attempts to make the passage of the sound were in vain and they were compelled at length to take shelter in a small bay some distance to the southward of kane's winter quarters in the advance in this bay which hayes named port folk they awaited the arrival of spring on the fourth of april eighteen sixty one hayes set out on a sledge excursion to the north after a journey of forty-six days he had the satisfaction of reaching a point farther north than that attained by morton in the previous expedition his farther progress was however stopped by extensive cracks in the ice wishing to find out what lay beyond he climbed to the summit of a rugged cliff about eight hundred feet high and was rewarded for his toils by a sight which to his mind accomplished the object of the expedition a broad crack starting from the middle of the bay stretched over the sea and uniting with other cracks as it meandered to the eastward it expanded as the delta of some mighty river discharging into the ocean and under a water sky which hung upon the northern and eastern horizon it was lost in the open sea all the evidences showed that i stood upon the shores of the polar basin and that the broad ocean lay at my feet the little margin of ice which lined the shore was being steadily worn away and within a month the whole sea would be free from ice without a boat 
it was impossible to proceed farther so hayes after planting a flag to mark the limit of his discovery started on his return march and reached the ship on the third of june his journey had occupied two months and during that time he had travelled thirteen hundred miles the expedition was now at an end and as soon as the ice broke up all sail was set and the united states arrived safely in boston harbour at the end of october a third attempt was made to reach the north pole in eighteen seventy one by captain charles francis hall an american navigator he set sail from new london on the third of july in a small steamship named the polaris the progress made by the expedition was unusually rapid and he reached greenland about the middle of august sailing northward he entered smith sound which he navigated for a distance of two hundred and fifty miles passing through the open polar sea of morton and hayes which turned out to be only an open reach of smith sound he thus carried his ship nearer to the north pole than any previous explorer farther progress was impeded by ice but there were indications of water beyond into which hall was anxious to penetrate acting however on the advice of the sailing master who seems to have been afraid of going too far the captain decided to return and seek a harbour for the winter the polaris was laid up in an inlet to which she gave her name while preparations were being made for wintering captain hall started northwards on a sledge journey a few bays were discovered and named and on the twenty fourth of october he returned to the ship three hours afterwards he took suddenly ill and in a fortnight he died three days later he was buried by lantern light the coffin being hauled to the grave on a sledge over which the american flag was spread four years after his death the english explorers placed a brass tablet at the foot of his grave bearing the following inscription sacred to the memory of captain c f hall of the united states ship polaris who sacrificed his life in the advancement of science on the eighth of november eighteen seventy one this tablet has been erected by the british polar expedition of eighteen seventy five who following in his footsteps have profited by his experience after the death of hall the command of the expedition fell on the sailing-master captain buddington on the twelfth of august eighteen seventy two the homeward voyage was commenced shortly afterwards the polaris was caught in the ice and drifted out into baffin bay during the night of the fifteenth of october the ship was severely nipped in a moment of panic captain buddington shouted throw everything on the ice 
immediately the wildest confusion prevailed stores provisions bundles were seized and thrown overboard one of the officers with a party of men went on to the floe and tried to put things in order when suddenly the ship broke out and flew before the wind leaving nineteen hands on the flow with the boats and provisions the castaways drifted for a distance of sixteen hundred miles suffering starvation and incredible hardships at length on the twenty ninth of april eighteen seventy three they were picked up by a sealing steamer and landed at st john's newfoundland meanwhile captain buddington and the men on board the polaris had fared little better driven northward by the fury of the gale the vessel had gone ashore on the east side of smith sound from the seventeenth of october eighteen seventy two till the third of june eighteen seventy three the survivors numbering fourteen men lived on the beach then having built two boats from the timbers of the wreck they sailed south and were picked up by a dundee whaler in melville bay End of chapter 11